positioning for us is the hardest game ever and has been, but I think we're getting better. When we started, we were like, like oh no, never in our life we're going to do another email provider. Like who will do that? That is just such a competitive, stupid market. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the B2B SaaS podcast. I'm your host, Upendra Varma. And today we have Jane Portman here with us. Jane here is the co-founder and CEO of a company called UserList. Hey, Jane, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Pendra. Nice to be here. All right, Jane. So let's try to understand a bit about your product and, you know, why customers pay you money. Can you just talk about that? UserList is an email automation platform that targets specifically SaaS companies. And even though in ESP, it's, it's, it's a bloody red market, but we, we occupy a cozy little niche uh, serving exclusively SaaS businesses, which allows us to solve this complex problem. And, and try to make it simpler and the more focused experience. And we work with uh, customer data really well, like behavior data, compared to the typical general e email service provider that targets all kinds of audiences. Got it. And that's a bit of interesting positioning here, right? So do you have anything particular in your product that, you know, that's specifically tailored for a SaaS audience, right? Uh, I mean, email we automation is... Okay, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, absolutely. We work with customer data much better than others, but the special sauce is our ability to also target accounts, not just individual users. So we absolutely reflect the data structure that you've got, like those many-to-many -many relationships, roles, all things like that. Because a typical email provider, uh, your active campaign or convert kit, you just have a flat list of users. So you will like, struggle to see what companies they belong to and things like that. We solve that and we have like really powerful behavior-based uh, campaigns targeting companies and segmentation for companies and other cool things. Okay, so a couple of interesting things here, right? So just want to deep dive here to understand a bit more here. So you're, you're essentially a data provider and top and on top of that, your software also helps helps SaaS, SaaS founders to sort of run campaigns. Is that it? Um, you mean like a customer data platform? Yeah, so I'm just trying to understand where exactly you sit in this whole email automation business, right? I mean, you've got at, at the top, you have, you know, people got to collect those emails and then you sort of run campaigns to sort of reach out to them. Where exactly do you sit in? Or do you have a whole a platform that sort of does everything? So what we do, we can help you store both marketing leads and customer customers inside our database. So mm -hmm. for marketing leads, it would be typical, you know, building your email list using uh, like lead magnets and stuff. But for the customer data, uh, once somebody signs up for your product, you will then, through the API integration or some other integrations, mm -hmm. channel their data to us. So they start appearing here. And then we take it from there, analyze their behavior, help you segment them. You can also like view a nice timeline and their profile. And then you can send uh, behavior-based email campaigns and broadcasts based on that. Um, but like over the years, we found that it's easier to position ourselves as an email service provider so that we exist like as a certain category in the mind of our uh, audience. Uh, so we claim that we are an email service provider, email marketing platform. But actually, yes, it does serve many more things behind the scenes that are kind of secondary benefits to that. And, and are you primarily sort of positioning yourself as somebody who serves SaaS businesses primarily? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's like uh, front and center uh, on the side everywhere. It's definitely so, them. So, so talk about this positioning thing a bit, right? So I want to understand, like, I mean, if, if I'm a SaaS business, right? Okay, I've got a bunch of email. I've got a, a bunch of, you know, contact lists. You know, I've got a bunch of marketing things going out, out, out there. Right? 
But is there something, you know, in your product that's really going to help me that I can't get in, let's say, an active campaign or, you know, a MailChimp, for example, right? So what is that that you really provide me that as a SaaS business, I might, you know, find a bit interesting or something specifically tailored for me? Sure. The typical SaaS business needs actually multiple kinds of emails. And uh, very often they will combine different tools for that. So one is a transactional email, which is um, sort of password resets and other things. That is usually done through a direct integration from day one of your product. Developer chooses its platform. We're not talking about that. Then you will have the marketing email, which, uh, you know, promotions, newsletters, things like that. So classic marketing. For that, you can use any tool. Welcome. And the customer email, everything happens that after the user creates an account. For that, you can also kind of use the general email tools. Honestly, if you know what you're doing, you can like put together a solution with like a stick and a duct tape. Mm -hmm. But you're going to not have fun time doing that because after someone becomes your customer, you suddenly have very rich data about them. You can see their success metrics, what they're doing inside your product, what features they're using. And typical email providers are not really built for um, storing and reflecting this rich data in Mm -hmm. form of events and properties and custom fields. Um, So that's what we can do really well. So yes, sure, you can hack together many different ways to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be much more enjoyable if you just do it inside our tool for the custom email. Yeah. So everything that happens after the signup, onboarding emails, lifecycle emails, customer uh, success automation, that's what we can do really well for you. Got it. I just, just I want to get a sense of, you know, how, how many customers you've got on your platform and, and what sort of, you know, customers you have, right? Can you, can you just give me an approximate number, like how many total customers? No, I'm not going to give you an approximate sure. number, but we do have some good names out there. Uh, definitely, we do have Savicale on board. We have Transistor, Datafem. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, MailPoet, not sure how they use this any longer. So some, some nice names out there and some nice logos on our site too. Yeah, we've got been it. out for... Uh, so we launched uh, out of beta in 2019. So mm-hmm. it's been a few years that we're doing this. Yeah. So just want to get a sense of, you know, how big these deals are, right? And and you don't really have to give me any numbers here, right? Just help me understand, are these, you know, your typical enterprise deals or are these, you know, typical, you know, SMB deals where, you know, that automatically get closed? SMB, wanna... SMB would be the good representation. We're really not heavy into the enterprise. Okay. One of the reasons is... Um, Enterprise is just a very special market to serve. Usually it's uh, serviced by uh, consultants who are used to certain platforms like, I don't know, um, Salesforce, Marketing and, Cloud, and uh, so what's your Marketo, s- Pardot, things like that. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Um, so I just want to complete the conversation here, right? And just want to get a mm-hmm. sense of what's that sweet spot for you in terms of, you know, typical deal size. Is it a $1,000 deal? Is it a $10,000 deal? What are you looking for on a, on a, you know, what's that sweet spot if you can just put a number to that? Uh, deal size meaning like an annual ACV. fee of the yes. contract. ACV. annual co- uh, yeah, contract annual. value. Um, let's talk about like monthly plans. Sure. So yeah. I can say that the monthly plan starts at 149 and uh, then it's based entirely on your email list. And in that sense, really, it does not tie directly to the big, like how big of the business we're serving. So there are sometimes very high value businesses who only have a couple hundred users in their database and they're receiving enormous value from automating that. Sometimes we have uh, freemium businesses who have a lot of users consistently turning over, 
but they are not getting much ROI from that. So these are like, um, unlike some business models, when you can see their revenue and you're like, oh, that's a good way to anchor like our pricing. Mm-hmm. Ours is not exactly related to that. So we are using the classic metric, uh, the list size. What we have learned over the years is that um, serving the very, very early startup uh, stage customers is not a great idea because they just have so many other things to focus on that implementing a platform like ours is not their like mm-hmm. um not their focus yeah. they're not really willing to dedicate money and most importantly time and like consulting resources mm-hmm. because uh, buying software is barely like scratching the yeah. surface you also need to implement yeah. integrate plan and so then write your campaigns and set them up. What's you're looking for? Like, like, is it like, is it got to be like you know, thousand people in your list? So, do you have any criteria there that you typically use to qualify these leads coming in? Um, the ideal customer profile: somebody with, uh, I don't know, uh, five to ten team members at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a super so a super early solo founder can absolutely get value from our product, but it's probably not the great fit. Yeah. So, once a company can afford a dedicated marketer or maybe head of growth, uh. That means this person has time and dedication to work with like and, complicated. And how much typically solution. does your you know ICP sort of pay you? So if if that's that's what my question was to be start with, so you just given me a profile, right? So you've just talked about your ideal customer profile. The, the, what, yeah. Like, how much do they typically pay you if everything works out well according to your plan? It depends. If they're a freemium business, it can be a few thousand per month. If they're mm-hmm. a small business with like a list of 500 people, that's going to be 149 per month. Well, and it depends on the plan, of course. There is no uh, strong average, I would say. Sure. All right. So let's let's move on to your you know origin story. Right? So I just want to get a sense of how you sort of got those first five, 10 customers. Just talk about that story. Absolutely. Usualist, uh, so it's founded by, uh, was founded by three people. So I'm uh, the... Uh, the first person who brought everybody else together. Um, I'm a designer by trade, but I do marketing. Uh, we have Benedict, the uh, CTO, and then we had another marketing co-founder, Claire Salentrop. So we had uh, three co-founders who all of us had our own audiences and reputation and networks. So we were kind of secretly hoping that it's going to be a very smooth ride. But um no, it wasn't as smooth as we hoped, uh, but the first uh, the first few customers we got through e- uh, building the original email list and then running pre-orders to that list. So just leveraging our personal networks and our own little audiences. But uh, I should say that personal audiences do not translate into niche B2B SaaS very well. So mm-hmm. if you have your own audience, like don't sleep with an assumption that you're going to build a SaaS and they're going to come. Uh, you still have to work on uh, like repeatable channels and things like that. Yeah. So just talk about those channels, right? So what what would like what what does those channels look like over the past twelve months, right? What are those channels that have really been driving your leads? So just mm-hmm. talk strictly from a top of funnel perspective. I right? just like just try yeah. to help help me understand how's it how's it looking like today. So our sales cycle is extremely long. Uh, usually takes a gazillion of touch points and also a gazillion of years. We keep onboarding customers who have heard about us a few years, have been watching us, known about us, but are finally uh, ready to migrate because it's a big effort and we know that. So anything that is like cold outreach or any other kind of aggressive sales is not our game. Our game is very helpful, long-term, inbound, nurture, 
uh, create brand reputation, educate, and then when they're ripe and ready, we're then um, we're then there to for them to get started. With that in mind, um, the primary channel is content. So what's been working out over the last couple of years is classic content marketing. The special sauce is that we focus on extremely uh, quality, useful niche content. Mm-hmm. So SaaS email marketing is a crazy, yeah, it's... Uh, complicated a niche um, that requires like technical thinking, strategy, and just overall is much harder than typical um, email marketing content. Like mm-hmm. articles like five tips for your user onboarding, that's a dime a dozen, but that mm-hmm. that's not solving your problems. Yeah. Uh, we dig deeper. We have like huge library of email examples, uh, strategic guides, things like that. So really proud of every piece we have in the blog. And, and, uh, so that, and I'm assuming it's a, it's a competitive market, right? So so how exactly are you sort of making your content work? So how are you ranking on your SEO if that's working for you? Or how are you distributing your content? So we definitely have an SEO play uh, in mind. We've been really doubling down on that over the last uh, few years. Um, that is that is no r- rocket science, really. We yeah. just figure out what what's helpful and try to uh, marry that with what what's being searched for. And also we do have a dedicated person um, Katarina, customer advocate, um, she's uh, responsible for the distribution mm-hmm. and uh, she's hanging out in communities, really helping people. Um, not every post she does is like promoting content. Her goal is to really like hang out and help. And uh, among those, she can like drop links to our content and do things like that. So it's uh, the, the hardest uh, distribution you can do, which is like human human helpful distribution uh-huh. uh so that's uh, that's what we're doing like that we didn't do before and that we feel is working we're getting into newsletters but apart from that we've just have been like churning out really quality content for a while and google just starts um has started picking us up and uh, it also brings us organic uh leads and, if, and then if we would... have an email funnel and then we have an email funnel so people mm-hmm. sign up for lead magnets yeah uh, we have kind of given up on trying to convert people to trials immediately. It's just, it doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. for us. So we're trying to get them on our email list and then nurture them there with educational content and newsletters. So is this like the major responsible channel? Like you, you sort of attract your people with content and then you put them into a list and then you keep on nurturing them. And when time is right, maybe you just send them a mail, mail saying, hey, you want a trial or something. Is that how it's working for you primarily today? Uh, the last step is is not like okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So how Basically, do you reach out to that particular prospect, and how do you figure out when's the right time? We do nurture them, as I said, on schedule, like with newsletters, and we send them when they get started. We definitely send them educational material. Our goal is just to exist in their mind in this category, so that when they have this cause, they can be, oh, I know a solution that's good for SaaS specifically. That's user list. Uh, so we're not like nagging them to death. Sure. No, uh, that doesn't work because like if they have like if they're if it takes them three years, like how how in the world can you um, yeah, keep pushing that. sales yeah. uh, for three years? Like they're gonna hate you very soon. So no, we don't do that. And just talk about the bottom of funnel, right? So when somebody really is interested in trying out your product, what really happens? Like, does do you have any salespersons in your teams who are basically trying to convince them to sort of close that deal? Let's talk about that funnel, the bottom of funnel aspect. Yeah, yeah uh, a large part of our customers go through a demo process. Mm-hmm. 
And um, we're still doing founder demos. So yeah, it's still mostly me on the calls. Uh, we do have some processes with the team around that. So the follow-ups and everything. Um, the specialty of those demos is that big part of that is unpacking uh, their business needs and how exactly the tool is going to play along in other gazillion tools and infrastructure mm -hmm. they have. And that is absolutely unique to their business. So like half of the demo is actually like a strategy consultation and then usually just a few minutes of the actual walkthrough. So um, and then I don't think the kind of like pre-made presentation, definitely yeah. not that kind of demo. And you're still... It's founders doing it at this stage, right? Um, yeah, that's yeah. that's me. And then how 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 big is the sales cycle, right? Like, are we talking months, weeks, year? Uh, a couple months, deal? I would say, usually. And sales also includes uh, not the sales, but the whole activation process also includes uh, their technical team doing the integration and other things, and then uh, our customer success team kind of holds their hand while they do that. Yeah, and just talk about your team, Jane. So, like, how big is your company today? Mm -hmm. and, like, what do folks do? Um, yeah, right now in 2023, it's six people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, like, what do they do? Like, how many engineers among those six? Um, two, two engineers uh, full-time. Got it. And the rest are into marketing and, you know, a couple of founders doing demo calls and all of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of having my fingers in different pies. But, yeah, like, half of the team is, is marketing. Definitely. Like, the content team is... Um, Content game is big. We also have uh, freelancers helping us on the mm -hmm. side. So, yeah. Got it. And have you raised any external funding so far to build your company? Yeah, we've got, uh, we haven't gotten any venture capital, mm -hmm. but uh, we joined a tiny seed in 2020. So we raised a bit of money from that, which allowed us to go full time and do a couple other cool things. Then the following year, we raised another bigger pre seed round from 22 angel investors um which was a fun play uh so we have like a bunch of really cool people supporting us and that's the money we're running on at the moment we're getting uh very close to profitability and uh just looking pretty cheerful even though i wouldn't say that 2023 is very rosy for the marketing industry but we help people get off of their um expensive hooks with the bigger things like hubspot and intercom i'm not they're great products, but they're very expensive for an SMB. So if they can reduce their costs, they come to us. And so we're happy to be in your home. Yeah. So one last question here, right, before I talk about your vision, right? So talk about this whole positioning thing, right? Did you really start it this way? Did you, did you, re like, did you start saying, hey, I want to build an email automation platform for SaaS oh, businesses? No. <laughs> right? So talk about how you actually managed to sort of, you know, reach here, right? What was that journey like? What really made you sort of you know pivot yeah. and you know sort of you know get you know get to this positioning that you have today positioning for us is the hardest game ever and has been but i think we're getting better because it's there are a lot of value points you can get from the tool so you can have completely different angles on positioning and when we started we were like, like oh no Never in our life we're going to do another email provider. Like, who will do that? That is just such a competitive, stupid market. Never. Like, and enter 2023. Uh, but yeah, we were thinking about a tool that gets the customer data in and then can send different things based on that. We had email and in-app messages, possibly onboarding guides in mind. So 
everything mm -hmm. that's related to customer activation and um, retention. We did uh, do uh, email and in-app messaging. Uh, therefore, the first few years, we've tried to hang by a label of like a customer messaging tool, but really wasn't clicking in the minds mm -hmm. of the customers. And then probably two years ago, we added marketing email to the mix. And that allowed us to start positioning as an email marketing platform for SaaS that can have uh, be one roof for your marketing and lifecycle emails. And that kind of really helped um, just simplify it to be an ASP and be on one table in the discussions with all the big names. So we're like, oh, you know, ConvertKit, you know, MailChimp, we're like them, but very, very niche and uh, much more enjoyable, much more useful for SaaS. And so, yeah. And typically the deals that you close on a regular basis, I'm assuming that they must already be using some other service provider. So what's your pitch uh, to sort of convert them to your platform or, you know, try out your platform? It's no hard pitch because when they're on the demo with me, they're already really fed up with their existing provider. They're <laughs> like, there's, it's such, there's so much passion in this industry. You either love or hate your email tool. And it's very easy to hate any email tool because it's a complex tool. And what, if, you, if you're not doing good, you just blame the tool basically and honestly um it's a big technical challenge and every tool solves it in their own flavor and not of that all flavors are great <laughs> maybe not a great fit for somebody so we're not doing a hard job of like convincing mm -hmm. but um yeah when we talk about advantages we definitely bring up those company accounts that i mentioned and we are also super confident in like the cleanliness and focus and the beauty of the user experience mm -hmm. which on its own is not a unique selling proposition but mm -hmm. it does make a difference when you're trying to build like a campaign inside user list or another tool got it all right jane one last question here right so what's the vision here where do you see your company going in let's say next one or two years yeah i i can tell you another five years we're definitely heading the same course um we have a big project this year we're building a, a visual workflow builder that would encompass not just email as a channel mm -hmm. but also have different like nodes that connect different um, actions from different integrations so we're like uh, a little bit shifting towards almost an automation suite for your SaaS. So you can orchestrate uh, multiple tools through one data platform. And I'm really excited about that. But nonetheless, we're going to stay in this niche of female service providers and, and see how it goes. We'll just have that under our belt as a competitive advantage. Got it. All right, Jane, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Hope you scale your company to much, much yep. greater heights. Thanks so much, Pandra.